I know my my personal life, I had to ask myself in all of this, you know, why are we here? What are we doing? Where are we going? Mm-hmm. What, what do you want life to look like after COVID? Right. And so I have just been here uh, asking the same thing of the ministry. You know, why are we here? Uh, what What's our purpose? What What is the vision? Um, who are we supposed to be reaching? Are we reaching them? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we doing too much? Are we doing enough? Mm-hmm. Are we making an impact? And so in going forward, I'm asking those questions uh, of all the programs, all the ministries, um, to see what the, those answers are looking like. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. Our weekly podcast gives you the edge to live a more informed life. We discuss more than just St. Louis as we connect the gateway city to our country's current cultural fabric and lives. We have a great guest in studio today. The Webster Rock Hill Ministries Board of Directors recently named Pastor Derek Bastian as the organization's new interim executive director. He has more than 25 years of experience as a senior pastor and more than 28 years of experience working in and leading community organizations. His community involvement includes membership at the Unity United Methodist Church of Webster Grove, the NAACP, and past work with the St. Luke's AME Apartments as president and member of its board. His experience also includes work with children and youth in educational settings, as well as working with those facing the end of life in hospice care. That is a huge deal. That is a huge deal having two family members who have been in hospice care. He's worked in both rural and urban settings. Derek, welcome to St. Louis in Tune. Thank you for having me. There you go. May I call you Derek? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I know some pastors like to go by Pastor Derek or Reverend Derek or Reverend Bastian. I'll go however you want me to call you. We were... God knows me as Derek. Does he? Okay. Yes. We were wondering, a pastor Derek or a pastor or Derek, but yeah. That's so, so we have... Um, wait, wait. Can I say it's good to see your face? Because uh, when, <laughs> yeah. no, when I first met Derek, yeah. uh, he we had the masks on. That's we right. were sitting you know, across right. the table, so I've never seen... Uh, he's got a nice smile. Yeah. That's, thank you. Thank he you. looks better with the mask on, doesn't oh, he? Oh, here we go. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Well, we have fun. Well, post-COVID, we're going to discover um, a lot of new faces. That's right. That's, that's, right. Right. that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Mark but, didn't know I had a goatee until no, I, I took my uh, took know, my mask off. I'm glad to see you got your teeth fixed, too. <laughs> yeah, so, that's right. <laughs> I have the million-dollar mouth, by the way. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Right. It's, but, he's right. Folks. Well, thank you for having me, but uh, I have a, this disclaimer. I know I'm a preacher pastor, but I don't have a radio voice like you guys, oh, so I'm, I'm sitting over here, and I shouldn't be jealous, but I, <laughs> no, you I'm, actually, I'm just admiring your uh, radio voices. Yeah, well, you, we don't have faces for uh, television. <laughs> no. We have faces for radio, right? So that's why we're here. Right. No, you have, a, you have a great voice, and uh, I have a slew of questions. No, I'm just kidding. No, I really do have a lot of questions sure, uh, that sure. I think will be... Uh, They'll come about as we have a conversation, and yes. folks, as you know, when we talk to people, and I haven't uh, talked to Derek about this prior, but we just sit down like we're having a conversation in the living room. 
listeners, I try to ask questions that you would be asking and thinking about at home and yes. what you would want to know. And that's how I kind of approach interviews. I'm not a journalist by trade. I'm an education person. I'm not even an English major. I'm a music major. So uh, when I ask questions, it's just from inquiry, and I'm interested and inquisitive. So that's how I how I do this. So tell us a little bit about uh, Derek Bastian. Uh, you know, take us Take us back. We don't have to go all the way back, but okay. take us back to how far you want to go. <laughs> well, um, what the interesting things about me, I'm, I'm from the Bahamas. Okay. And so I'm a transplant. Um, God has a sense of humor. I would say uh, so. You know, <laughs> right there. So the, 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 the church intent was to take me from the Bahamas, train me, and send me back to the Bahamas to plant churches. Uh, that was uh, 30 years ago, so I'm still here um, serving and, and learning and and trying to, to grow the kingdom of God. Um, I have a background in counseling, um, so I, um, I love um, trying to help people um, um, figure out for themselves how to best work with their problems. I enjoy preaching. I enjoy talking. I'm a professional eater. Um, <laughs> I, I like I that. I love to have fun. I enjoy family. Um, mm. And I am looking forward to helping this ministry grow and, and meet its full potential. Now, you you still you just have a, a, a touch of accent, just a touch. Just a teeny bit. And it, I'm surprised that it's really kind of dissipated. Right. Well, uh, winter will do that to you. <laughs> it will right. do that. The yeah. cold weather. That's yeah. right. It'll yeah. knock it right out. So yeah. you came over as uh, a student. Okay. Um, uh, I was just. I was about nineteen. Okay. Uh, Eighteen, nineteen. Came okay. uh, small church school in Jacksonville, Florida. And at the time, I thought that was the coldest place on God's earth. Mm-hmm. Um, until I landed in Iowa. Yeah, that's oh, cold yeah. up there. It, it, for no, Oscaloosa? No, uh, no uh, uh, Des Moines. Des Moines. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it was cold for no good reason. So <laughs> it is. Yeah. I have family there. Yeah. It's like, why do you go past those logic <laughs> longitude lines? <Right>. Stop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, there. so yeah, that that knocked the the little accent I had and knocked it right out. <laughs> now, what was the greatest? change that you saw when you came to the States from the Bahamas that was like, wow, other than the temperature? I think um, one of the greatest change that I noticed was that in the Bahamas you would find maybe five generations Mm -hmm. under the same roof Mm -hmm. with the matriarch or the patriarch of the family still in control. Mm -hmm. Um, When I came to the United States, you would find a lot of Single family, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody to themselves, mm-hmm. and um, so that was one of the biggest culture differences. Mm-hmm. Um, the The foods was uh, uh, an adjustment. Uh, mm-hmm. We did a lot of seafood, and mm-hmm. um, that was a big adjustment. Um, I never had a pork steak until I came to St. Louis. Wow, uh, that's the first time I ever heard of a pork steak. Yeah, and so that that was interesting. Um, what other changes? Um, of course, the the seasons um, in the Bahamas uh, not necessarily uh, season. It was always spring and winter, uh, spring and summer, you know, and right. some variations thereof. Right. But uh, you came uh, to the Midwest and you have the whole gamut of seasons and changing and leaves and and so that was uh, 
That was a big adjustment. Did you experience some hurricanes when you were down there? Absolutely. Right. Um, it, Power for the course, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I think um, I've lived through at least two or three. Um, Harkin David was um, one of my, that was nine, uh, 79 or so, I remember it well. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the houses are actually are built differently than in the United States. They're built for hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not wood frames. They're cinder blocks mm-hmm. with steel columns going from the foundation, tying it to the roof. Wow. Uh, they call it, or, or the bell course. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, we, we lived through it. We bought up, and then we come out, and we're, we're good to go. So what was your drive to go into the uh, ministry? At the age of 10, um, something happened. Um, you know, I'm, I'm although I'm, I'm pastor, not a real theologian, but something happened to me. I was at my, um, my grandfather was a deacon. Um, we always sat on the left side of the church in the second pew. And uh, this Sunday morning, Pastor Will Rogers at Pilgrim Baptist Churches was preaching, and I couldn't tell you what he preached about. I couldn't tell you what the choir sang. But I remember when, when they did the altar call, uh, something pulled me mm-hmm. and beckoned me to come. And it was there I fell on my knees, surrendered my life. Didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I, I was different. And I, I felt this change in me mm-hmm. um, from 10. Um, it didn't mean that I was this textbook Christian, of course. At 10 years old, I didn't know anything about anything. I just knew that something was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like every good boy, I was trying to be like Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. I, mm-hmm. I tried to do everything I know to do to have fun. Right. And it was like God was always interrupting fun. Mm-hmm. And at 16, um, um, I went to this Bible uh, camp in the, in the neighborhood. They met every Friday night. Mm-hmm. And I just went, went there because that's where the girls were. So every Friday night, the girls went to camp. And, and you followed. Of course he did. <laughs> yeah. It's still a know? good reason. <laughs> so I, I followed, and and then they always had food to go with it, so uh, girls and food. Oh, what, what more can a know? guy want? <laughs> yeah, you know. And um, and then it became less about girls and food and became more about Christ and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the Word and mm-hmm. and this thing that was burning in me to, 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 change, to change me mm-hmm. and to change the world. And so from there at 17... I uh, entered into ministry, Was um, got a license to preach at 18, and was a dean at 21. Wow. There's, you know, the call to preach mm-hmm. is an intense one oh, yeah. rather than an everyday believer. Yes. Right. Uh, there's much more responsibility. There's more uh, what I would call a burden to fulfill. Yes. Was, did you experience that, or...? Yeah, um, the thing with the calling is you always feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you never feel fully prepared for the enormity of what you're being asked to do. Um, so, that, and I can't speak for other pastors or preachers, right. but right. you you go through life always asking God, "Am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Are you sure?" Mm-hmm. Can you really use me? Right. Me? After all, me? Because you know you. Yeah, because you definitely know me, Lord. <laughs> right, and, yeah. you know, like I said, Tom Sawyer Huckleberry mm-hmm, Finn. And, mm-hmm. but, 
but God always comes back to me and says, that's why it's you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's, that's what I, that, that, you know, juxtaposition in the calling of, of am I good enough? And, and then trying to do all you can to make God well pleased. Uh, it's, 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 it's a, a, a tightrope and it's a challenge, but it's the best job I've ever had. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and you see that in the scriptures, you know, yes. Moses. Mm-hmm. David. It? Right. Yeah. Right. Yes, yes. And right. and even Paul says, you know, the things I oh, boy. try to do. Right. Uh, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but the very things I shouldn't do, whew, you, you don't have to ask me twice, right. you know. Right. Yes. So the you come to the state, you're in Florida, you're preaching, and how do you end up in Iowa? Well, uh, the, one of the coldest places know, why on the on had, the planet, still according to Mark, in amazement. So the the AME Church, the African Methodist Episcopal Church, is where um, I got my ordination mm-hmm. and pastored uh, for twenty eight years, um, and so that small church school uh, outside of Jacksonville, Florida, in, in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, uh, Edward Waters College was where I was trained. And my supervisor at the time thought it was a good idea for me to have some pastoral experience whilst I was in school, and so they assigned me to a small church. I think that experience was so successful that they said, well, um, let's try him in Illinois. And uh, had a good time there um, growing a a small church, and, and then the bishop says, well, let's try him in northern Illinois, in Galesburg. So then they came to me again and said, well, um, you're doing such a good job. Let's try you in Des Moines, Iowa. And um, that's how I got to Iowa. I I didn't even know where (laughs) Iowa was when the bishop came to me. Right. I didn't know where Des Moines was. And they said they needed, this was Monday when they gave me the call, we need you in Des Moines, Iowa. And they needed me there Wednesday. Oh wow! And so I packed up and you were in Galesburg at the time. I had uh, yeah in Galesburg. Yeah. So I say so called me Monday. Had to get there Wednesday. Took over the church by Sunday. Wow! So that's how I got to Iowa. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and how long were you there? Eight years. Too long. Right? Eight years. <laughs> eight <laughs> eight winners. I shouldn't be there. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. And you it's had a, a lot of good. <laughs> you had a lot of good success there, working with uh, the community and yes. doing some things that, um, you know, it involved, as I recall, some uh, buildings that had been utilized by another group, and you guys kind of right. took that over and you know discussed that a little bit. We've we've got a few more minutes before break, but yes. uh, we'll we'll kick over into the s- second half of the hour here, but. Talk a little bit about that. So we had a a, a women's ministry uh, after school program going at St. Paul AME Church and um, and men's ministry, mm-hmm. but uh, the Good Samaritan homeless shelter sheltered women and children. Uh, we adopted that ministry and brought them into our Bible studies, brought the women into our women's ministry, brought the children into our after school program. And we worked with those families year-round. Uh, Any time we had something, we, we we included them, Christmas parties, giveaways, mm-hmm. and everything, and and really became a partner with that ministry. Um, 
so that ministry relied solely on the sponsorship of churches, and um, somehow they, it wasn't a good working uh, fiscal uh, thing that they had, and they found themselves going bankrupt. So they came to us and they said, um, if you take over our debt, uh, we'll give you our assets. And their debt was uh, some two hundred and some thousand dollars, and but their assets at the time um, was when you added vans and buildings and properties right. was two million dollars. Wow! So uh, we went to our board, we went to the bank, and the bank says, "That's a no-brainer. Why wouldn't you want to do this?" Right. Um, and so we um, we took over that ministry. Uh, the Lutheran Church at the time says, if you're crazy enough to take over this ministry, um, we're crazy enough to give you a grant for $100,000 wow. to refurbish the buildings and get them ready for the women and children. Amen. And so we did that. Um, we took over that ministry. We we retooled it in that. We said to the, the women, we, we want you here, but we're going to do this in a different way. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask that you pay something mm-hmm. towards... Um, your upkeep here, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll give it back to you at the end of your stay here mm-hmm. so you can get permanent residence right. of your choosing. And so we did that. Um, most of the women qualified for some type of uh, uh, government uh, uh, help for their rent, and mm-hmm. um, we give it back to them to help them get their apartments, their housing. Um, um, and so that was a wonderful, wonderful ministry. And again, we pl- kept the kids plugged into the uh, after-school program. We said to the women, "If you're going to be here, you got to be in school, mm-hmm. or you got to be looking for a job, or you have to help us in the after-school program, volunteering, or helping in the building, cleaning up, or or something, giving back." Right. And so that was a good marriage. That was a good good fit, and we in, we really had a lot of fun. Uh, helping those families. It sounded like, and when you're kind of uh, working with the Lutheran Church there, you're beginning to have some, what I would call, interdenominational connections and Absolutely. communication and uh, cooperation, which is really key in, in the body of Christ. And sometimes we can let our ideologies separate us from from achieving the goal. And so we listen to those ministries um, and the focus was what can we work together on, mm-hmm. um, not what we're different about, but what right. what 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 is the thing that unites us, and we found that common uh, thing, and and we were able to help those families because uh, you know I was hungry and you fed me, mm-hmm. uh, I was naked and you clothed me. Mm-hmm. That's a common place that we can rally around to help families. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Derek Bastian. He's the interim executive director at the Webster Rock Hill Ministries. Derek, you went from Iowa to uh, East St. Louis and ministered Louis. there. Yes, uh, St. Luke Amy Church in East St. Louis, Illinois. Um, I actually asked for the, the move, mm-hmm. um, and um, so being in Iowa for eight years, uh, my doctor came to me and said, "You're having some depression." Mm. Uh, mild depression, mm-hmm. but depression. Uh, he uh, said that um, because you're from the Bahamas, sunshine, and you're experiencing these wonderful, um, experiencing this wonderful weather in Iowa, cloudy, right? Um, <laughs> it's 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 causing some problems. Get you, I get and it. So um, so I asked my bishop, hey, uh, 
need to need to go right. you know and um and so i asked for easton lewis mm-hmm. because um when i passed through this way in 94 i was the youth minister at that church okay St. Luke Amy church okay so i wanted to to help out and also regroup okay yeah so that's why i, I came to easton lewis and you were uh doing some uh, is it is this such a word chaplaincy Yes. Is there such a that word? That is a word. I'm, I'm going to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> you were acting as a chaplain for SSM. That's right. So uh, in 2011, um, um, I became a chaplain at uh, SSM. Um, I've worked at Cardinal Glennon. Um, I'm now at St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a wonderful, wonderful ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I compare chaplaincy to the the Jesus part of the ministry where mm-hmm. you're actually going and doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I, I really enjoy going from bed to bed and visiting with the sick. Uh, and like you said earlier, I've worked with hospice mm-hmm. uh, at Mercy. Mm-hmm. I did that for a while. and, and That's that, hard. Oh, yeah. It is a tremendous ministry, but awfully lonely. Yes. Um, and um, those who are still doing it, those who do it day in and day out, um, I did it for about three years, and uh, that that was as much as I could give at one one time. Right, right. Mm-hmm. How how has that that been working with that with COVID going on? Um, I would say this that um, for all those who don't believe COVID is real, um, there's so many families, uh, there's so many people who've suffered, and um, so many people who've died. Uh, with a nurse, a, a stranger holding their hands, mm-hmm. a, a chaplain coming in and uh, trying to bring relief, and families um, only can look in through a Zoom or a, uh, a FaceTime. And um, uh, some, when it first started, um, they told families, you can drop your loved one off here at this ED door, ED uh, oper- uh, emergency department door. And for some people, that was the last they had physical contact with their loved one. Wow, breaks my heart. Um, breaks my and heart. so it's a it, it's it's been an ugly yeah experience. But out of this ugliness came so many heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, those who cleaned the rooms, the EVS people, uh, the food service people, the nurses, the first responders. Uh, this there's been so many heroes that keep showing up mm-hmm. and making sure uh, patients are taken care of. And so. Um, out of this ugliness came uh, just this this heroic uh, period, uh, and so yeah. And touch is such a vital thing that I think we take for granted for oh, even when yeah. we're well. Yes. But when you're sick, yeah. And in those kinds of situations, touch is yes. It means the world. Exactly. Have you experienced that dealing with uh, oh, patients, yeah. like uh, as a chaplain, and even especially in hospice? I yes. can imagine. I I think. Um, uh, we call it the ministry of presence. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that somebody knows that you're there mm-hmm. with them and they're not alone, it is a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, that's what God saw in Adam, and that's why God said it's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. And he made sure Adam was not alone. But just holding a hand, mm-hmm. uh, a hand on a shoulder, um, even singing a song. Now, I'm not a singer. But um, just being in that room and letting somebody hear Amazing Grace Mm -hmm. or Blessed Assurance Mm -hmm. um, gives this hope, uh, this sense that there is humanity 
and I, I, I matter, and I'm here. Um, so I think that's that's been very, very um, powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the, uh, That's a lesson I take away as a chaplain. Mm-hmm. Now, is your charge mm-hmm. as a chaplain mainly to patients, or does it encompass doctors and nurses and other employees who, mm-hmm. like especially at this time, they are the frontline workers and really sure. they're, they're bearing a lot of personal weight also, and I imagine need a touch also or sure. just sitting down and talking. Sure. I think since COVID, um, so, so I'll say this: um, nobody wants a chaplain mm-hmm. until they need a chaplain. Mm-hmm. And since COVID, um, uh, just people just sitting and and breaking down, mm-hmm. and just need somebody to listen. Yeah, um, doctors, nurses, uh, just somebody just want you to know their story, what they've seen. Mm-hmm. Because it's been such disbelief at what they've seen and experienced, and they just wanted to get it out. Right. And um, and so we've been there, um, sitting and 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 people, tough people, um, people who've seen some of everything, mm-hmm. people who've seen the most horrific traumas, mm. just breaking down and not being able to to contain it. Wow. And it, it's it's um. It's um, one of the saddest things I've seen is um, a whole family, a mother, a daughter, uh, a son, all um, all dying mm. of, of COVID. Wow. You know, um, it's, it's, um, it's a sad thing. Um, mother wanted to say goodbye to a son. Oh. Mm. Um, Miss saying goodbye to a daughter. Mm. Um so it's it's um so this this thing is real. Mm-hmm. It's real. Mm-hmm. So I want to want to switch gears a little bit. How how do you get to um Webster Groves? Well, um I joined Unity United Methodist Church mm-hmm. um after um I they call it superannuated. I superannuated in um the AME church, um retired. Mm-hmm. And um I I took a, a, a bit. I was doing a non-denominational ministry for a while at Transformation Christian Center in East St. Louis, and um, um, the difficulty of planning a church in East St. Louis and being independent, um, meaning uh, you were you didn't have the support right. or the partnerships or the Resources, the resources, mm-hmm. and um, and I, you know, uh, to start it up, I dipped into my four hundred one k and and um, and just kept dumping money into it, and um, mm-hmm. and you know, I got to a point uh, after seven years of the ministry not um, <clears throat> becoming self sufficient, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. um, doing wonderful things, you know, seeing um, you know twenty five kids every Sunday for basketball in the gym, cool. Um, um, Feeding uh, people um, who come to the church in the community, doing wonderful things, but didn't have enough support, didn't have enough help, and so mm-hmm. I had to finally, you know, say, okay, um, I can't keep working two jobs, right? Plus pastoring to keep right. this thing going. I, I need some some help, and so I couldn't get the help. Uh, so I took a break uh, for about a year, mm-hmm. um, just to ask God, what's what what what's what, next? What's next? Mm-hmm. You know, and. Um, Pastor Stephanie Leonard, who's also a chaplain at SSM, um, 
you know, um, in talking with her and counseling with her, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I need a church home. I, I'm not looking for a mega ministry. Right. I need to just come to a place where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. Right. You know? Sounds, sounds <laughs> familiar. <laughs> sounds like right. a TV show. Right? <laughs> right. So, um, right. so Unity uh, United Methodist Church right here in Webster Groves provided that for me, and um, and I, I, I joined that ministry, and it's just been wonderful, the support, uh, the, the family-like atmosphere, uh, the wonderful pastoring of, of Pastor Stephanie. has been great. So not to uh, step on anybody's toes here at the ministry or your toes, did they come looking for you or did you come looking for them? Well, um, (laughs) I heard of an opportunity Uh where there was a need for interim executive director. Mm -hmm. Um, At first, um, you know, I I just thought, well, I I don't know. You know, I may not have anything to offer. Um. But when um, I I read the job description and what was being sought after, mm-hmm. it, it sounded like me. Right. And so I, I just said, well, um, why not put your hat in the ring and see, see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if God says the same, you may be able to support and lead and help this organization. And right. so I did exactly that. And, mm-hmm. and so, lo and behold, here I am. Here we're, and how many days have you been? On the job, quote unquote. Uh, two weeks. Okay. Yeah, two full weeks. <laughs> right. And I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <We're> yeah. Lucky. <laughs> so as you, you know, come into a position like this, mm-hmm. and how do you go about formulating? I'm sure you have a charge from the board. Yes. And what goals they want to see uh, put into place and things like that. Uh, you have to evaluate kind of things, programs, people, et cetera. You know, talk talk through that. And what what are your goals that you would like to to see happen here at the ministry? Well, I, I think um, COVID has caused the whole world to pause mm-hmm. and to reevaluate itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Webster Rock Hill Ministries is the same. Um, I know my my personal life. Um, I had to ask myself in all of this, you know, why are we here? What are we doing? Where are we going? Mm-hmm. What, what do you want life to look like after COVID? Right. And so I have just been here uh, asking the same thing of the ministry. You know, why are we here? Uh, what What's our purpose? What What is the vision? Um, who are we supposed to be reaching? Are we reaching them? Mm-hmm. Um are we doing too much? Are we doing enough? Mm-hmm. Um, are we making an impact? And so in going forward, I'm asking those questions of all the programs, all the ministries, um, to see what the, those answers are looking like. And if those answers uh, uh, are no, then what do we need to do to retool it so it does uh, fit the ministry. If the answer is yes, what do we need to do to improve it mm-hmm. so that it can keep going and doing what it's been doing mm-hmm. uh, to represent the ministry? Do you find that, and this is not a loaded question, it's not meant to be, but based upon your experience, especially in Iowa, do you find that sometimes ministries do lose a focus or they miss certain things that the end result you're wanting to achieve? Yeah. And it becomes more of a process than 
what you're trying to deliver to them ultimately? Okay. I, I think it's it's always a temptation uh, for all entities, nonprofit and and corporations, to overreach or lose mm-hmm. focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's got to be that constant look in the mirror mm-hmm. uh, of why are we doing what we're doing? Um, and I've heard this said before, just because we can doesn't mean we should. Say that again. That's an important statement. <laughs> yeah, just because we can, it doesn't mean that we should. Mm-hmm. And so we have to constantly make, make constantly reevaluating and making sure that we, we hold true to the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think in, in politics or, 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 or warfare, they call it mission creep. Mm-hmm. And we have to make sure that we're, we're not so tempted uh, to go over here right? Uh, because we can, um, but to stay true to um, our mission and our purpose. Has there been a, an effort, and I'm not involved with these things, so I can ask this question, has there been an effort to refocus the mission or the, or the vision of where the ministry should go in? Is that something that the board and you have talked about or are implementing now? Or? Well, um, in in coming, I, I've understood that the board is is reevaluating and examining its mission and its purpose, and mm-hmm. trying to to make sure that it makes sense, mm-hmm. that it's practical, it's is measurable, it's attainable. Right. And so, um, so these are great days to 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 be a part of the organization because I think there is this rebirth mm-hmm. that's happening. There's this uh, refocus that's coming. Mm-hmm. And um, and people are excited right now. Right. Um, so yeah. So it, they are tough questions, uh, but if you are courageous, on the other side of that question comes uh, real answers, mm-hmm. and uh, out of those answers will will come solutions. You know, and you know this. Starting something is very difficult. Yes. Sustaining something is very difficult, and then forward thinking an organization is very difficult too. They they're each their own little animal. Yes. And I think you've had experience doing kind of all three of those, haven't exactly. you? Exactly. I've 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 come, uh, I've I've started, I've I've been parachuted in uh in the middle of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so I into Iowa too. Right <laughs> in Iowa. Pushed out of the plane. Exactly. <laughs> so so coming in now, like I said, um it's this season of rebirth. It it feels like um Post-COVID, something new is going to happen. You can see the end of the tunnel. We can see the end of the tunnel, Mm -hmm. and we want to position ourselves Mm -hmm. that um, the ministry is refreshed Mm -hmm. and ready to tackle um, what's what's to come in 2021 and beyond. Yeah, and it's not like—and this is not a slam—it's not like you're a youngster. You're a mature individual— who you are a, as Mark Mark and I would say we are seasoned citizens. That's I don't know how old you are. Season. Don't say anything. But <laughs> you're not wet behind the ears. No. You're not right out of school and you have a lot of energy and not a lot of experience. You have a great deal of experience that you sit back and you draw on and rather many times and you correct me if I'm wrong rather than do something right out of the gate, you've thought through that and like not the right time, maybe a little later, maybe right. not at all. Right. So maybe a couple, well, maybe twenty years ago, I was more like Luke Skywalker when I <laughs> when I approached problems and situations, yeah. and and 
you know, after falling and picking up and failing and succeeding and the pains and the successes, uh, I'm more like Yoda now. Look, you know? let the force be with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know. Uh, so listening more mm-hmm. and, uh, and making sure I'm not reacting but right. responding. Right. But um, there's a saying that says, when I was young, I tried to save the world. And now that I'm, when I was young, I tried to change the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, now that I'm older, I'm trying to change me. Mm. And so in, in my approach uh, going forward, I'm just trying to make sure I'm, I'm hearing. And, uh, and out of what I hear, I respond and not react. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great comment. Yep. That's a great comment. Yep. So I'm going to you know, kind of close this down a little bit. And what I'd like for you to do is speak to the community and speak to individuals who may be part of the churches that are a part of the Webster Rock Hill Ministries. Uh, speak to the people who live in the area right here around the ministry, and just talk to them. Okay. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, first, I would like to say thank you. Uh, thank you for the vision. Uh, thank you for this organization called Webster Rock Hill Ministries. God must have uh, hovered ever so close as to birth this idea into a people who saw a need in this community. So thank you to everyone who served on this board over the years. Uh, Thank you for everybody who's made a donation. Thank you for everybody who served as a volunteer. I just want to first say thank you. Uh, secondly, I, I want to say to the community, we are here. We're here to meet your needs. We're here to help. We're here to motivate. We're here to support. Um, we're in the city for good. And we want you to know that we here, we're here and we care. Then I, I also want to say to our partner churches and other nonprofits and other community leaders that we don't see ourselves as an island unto ourselves. We don't see ourselves as an organization who can do it all. Uh, we need your support and continual help, and we want to partner with you continually in some of the work that we're doing. I would say this, that as a pastor, I've preached a gazillion sermons all about how to make the Word of God, practical, mobile, see a need, meet a need. And then I come to Webster Rock Hill Ministries when this is all we do. All we do is act as the hands and feet of Jesus, where we help, we serve, we give, and we take care of those in needs. Uh, So I I am excited. Um, I want the community to know that um, even now, if you have a need for food, if you have a need for toys, we have toys to give away still. Uh, we have food to give away. Come and receive so you can have uh, a wonderful, uh, festive uh, holiday celebration. I want the community to know that through COVID, after COVID, we're going to be here for you. Uh, we're not going anywhere. And um, we, we're, we're here with you all the way. And to this radio station, uh, for the work that Mark is doing and, and yourself and people like Chris, um, 
this is a great asset. Uh, it's far-reaching, and it's a powerful tool to minister. You're actually getting into the homes and into the lives of people. Uh, what a powerful thing. And I pray for you guys, and I pray for your success. And, um, and I would just like to say that um, uh, one of the things that have motivated me over the years is uh, the poem Invictus that says, Out of the night that covers me, black as pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever God may be for my unconquerable soul. Uh, in the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winched nor cried aloud, but under the bludgeons of chance, my head is bloodied but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horrors of the shade, and yet the menace of the years find and shall find me unafraid. Matters not how straight the gate or how charged the punishment the scroll. I am the captain of my fate. I am the master of my soul. And so I, I bring this um, experience, I bring this heart, I bring this desire to serve to this community and this ministry. We've been having a conversation with Derek Bastian. He is the recently named new interim executive director of the Webster Rock Hill Ministries. And uh, folks in the community, you need to make it a point to stop over here and get to meet him. Not to interrupt his schedule, but... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, it will interrupt his schedule. out there to see yeah. Derek. <laughs> but it, it's a great thing to do. And if you see him in the community, introduce yourself. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, what a... What a a great job you're going to be doing here, and uh, we appreciate that very much, Derek. Thanks for coming in. And I I want to thank all those who have stopped by already, uh, brought donations, um, uh, uh, looking forward to serving in the new year. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't say thank you enough. We're glad you listened to this episode of St. Louis in Tune. Please share this podcast or tell a friend. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Strickland.